Happy New Year! It's 2022, and that means our church has a new theme. So today, let's unpack our new theme, Ripples. Bible from cover to cover, there's certain themes that you pick up, especially if you're familiar with the culture in which it was written in. One of those themes is called shalom. Now, okay, you might be thinking, Kotz, I read through the Bible and I still haven't come across the word shalom in the Bible. And the reason for that is that the word shalom is a Hebrew word, and more often than not, the concept of shalom is used more frequently than the actual word. So shalom is the world that God intended this world to be. Sometimes shalom is described as a future destiny, like one day your world will resemble the good world that God intended in the first place, and that will be called shalom. And other times, it's used in a way to show that God's world is spilling into this one. As in, when that group of people did the right thing, we got an experience, a little taste of that shalom. So biblical authors and the people who study their work, they've been asking the question of, well, what's keeping this shalom from being here today? I mean, we could all agree that we live in a broken down world and God is trying to break into it. So what's keeping that from happening? And so parts of the Bible have given us really good answers to that question. For example, in the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, God tells us what good looks like. He created the world and he pointed out certain things and said, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. But soon after, humanity is redefining what good looks like so they could benefit themselves, which disadvantages some other people. And if you look around you, you know that the people who do this are the people who are powerful enough to do it. But before we start pointing fingers at them, we have to also realize that the people who are on the weaker end of the spectrum are also guilty of this because they also are redefining good for the sake of their own self-preservation. In other words, the Bible describes all people to be contributors of sin. We are all guilty of creating injustice in this world. So the authors of the Bible, they give us a solution. And this solution is easier said than done. And that solution is righteousness. Okay, so righteousness isn't a word that we normally use. So what does that mean? In the Hebrew language, it's the word tzedakah. That's T-S-E-D-E-Q-A-H, tzedakah. That's right. We are starting the new year with a Hebrew word study. Tzedakah has a simplified definition, which is to treat others as if they are the image of God. That's right. The Bible says that the best way for us to bring shalom into this broken world is to create an ethical standard where we love our friends, our neighbors, even our enemies, as if we are loving God himself. And many, many ancient authors of the Bible, they wrote about this. Like for example, in Proverbs it says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Here the author says we need to speak up for those who have no voice because God has a voice. So when people have their voice taken from them, we need to speak on their behalf. That's an example of tzedakah. It doesn't stop there. He recognized that some people have more power than others, and he holds those with more privileges to a higher standard. Like when the prophet Jeremiah walked into the palace of the king and his staff, he said this, Hear the word of the Lord to you, king of Judah, you who sit on David's throne, you, your officials, and your people who come through these gates. This is what the Lord says, Do what is just and tzedakah, In other words, treat others as you would treat God. Rescue from the hand of the oppressors the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. 
Did you catch that? It says that the foreigner, orphans, and widows need to be elevated in the way they are treated because they also have the image of God. But as the Bible and our own history tells us, we as a human race have fallen short of seeing other people as the image of God. And that implies you and me, like all of us, we have all fallen short of this standard. I mean, can we honestly say that we treat every person at school or at work with the same amount of dignity that God deserves? I mean, when was the last time you looked at a politician that you disagreed with and thought of that person as holding the image of God? You know, once my mentor asked me this question that's bugged me for years. He said, if I were to say that you love God as much as you love your enemies, how much do you really love God? Okay, so let me restate the problem that we're dealing with here. If the solution for a fallen world like ours is tzedakah, righteousness, and we are in no way capable of this type of righteousness, what are we supposed to do? Or maybe we should ask, what does God do? And most of you know the answer to this question already. He sent his son Jesus to us. Jesus lived a life of tzedakah. He recognized the inability of humanity to live out this high standard. So he lived it out, he demonstrated it, and he taught it to as many people as he could. And some people didn't receive him well. I mean, they tried to get him arrested and even have him executed. But others, they received him pretty well. One of his disciples put it well. He said this, Light has come into this world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. In other words, some experienced Jesus' tzedakah and decided to hide, and others, they decided to accept the challenge of joining God in the mission of repairing this world. And if you read on, a strange thing happened to those who followed Jesus. They discovered that the more they followed Jesus, the more they developed tzedakah in their own lives. I mean, they began to see God's image in those that, that were marginalized by society. So they began loving those people, caring for them, including them, speaking for them, speaking to them. They were feeding them. I mean, they started seeing other people's problems as their own problems. They started grieving for other people's losses, and they started advocating for the vulnerable. And this whole thing, this is what Jesus means by loving your neighbor as yourself. And as you might have guessed, it's not easy and it takes a lot of time. Many would say that it's a lifetime commitment. So now, I know that many of you have said yes to this commitment. You've said yes to Jesus. You have dedicated your life to following Jesus and over time, your hearts have been transformed. And so, you've shown selfless love to countless people around you. But let me put this into context for a second. A long time ago, Jesus stepped into this world and created a ripple. And that ripple touched and transformed the lives of hundreds of people. Then those people felt compelled to see the image of God in those around them. So they selflessly loved those people and created their own ripple. And those who were touched by the disciples' ripples created their own ripples, and they created their ripples, and so on. And within the first hundred years, this ripple spread to the majority of Israel. And by the 500s, the ripples spread to most of Western Europe and Northern Africa. And since then, there's been a lot of ups and downs in Christianity because a lot of the things that we did wasn't driven by our love for God or for our love for our neighbors. And then as a result, the closet of church history is filled with many, many skeletons. But Jesus' ripple persisted through all that. And finally, 2,000 years later, it has reached you. And now, as your heart is being transformed to show more tzedakah, you are creating your own ripples with hopes that whoever is touched by it would create their own ripples for the next generation. 
But if you're like me, you've been a little discouraged lately. I mean, you've done your best to selflessly love others as Jesus did, but you haven't really seen much of a response. You haven't seen much of an effect. It doesn't seem like the people that you're loving on are creating ripples to continue this movement. And quite frankly, sometimes you feel like this long chain of ripples that started a long time ago is coming to an end with you. And this is why the pastors of Westlight were compelled to make this the theme for 2022. Throughout this year, we're not just gonna be talking about how we could create ripples, but we're gonna be talking about how we could get the people around us to create ripples and continue the movement. We want to focus our attention on becoming a healthy disciple of Jesus. Pastor Stan felt that the word maturity was going to play an important role this year. I mean, if you wanna pass on a healthy faith to those around us, then we must first be healthy. And also, Pastor Lori thought it was very important that we know that no matter where you are on this journey, that he is with you and he is for you. Oh, and also we want you to know that ripples are not created by individuals. It is created by communities. Ripples are natural occurrences and should never be forced. Pastor Tim, he shared with our team that it is important that we remember that we don't just talk about my relationship with God, but we also need to talk about our relationship with God collectively. And finally, we will continue to make our way through the book of Acts because it chronicles for us how these ripples transformed communities in the first century and how much it cost the people who committed their lives to allowing God to create these ripples through them. The pastors were all here to encourage you and to cheer you on as we navigate into this new season in Westlight. We are going to emphasize on this idea that we need to invite those around us to join in on God's movement. We're not just here to bless the people around us, that's very important, but to create space for those around us who are blessed by us to become a part of the movement is just as important. We believe that Sedekah should not just rest with us, but with all people. So church, may God continue to transform our hearts so we see the image of God in those around us so that we can have Sedekah like Jesus. And may you invite those you bless to join in on the journey so that they also can have tzedakah and create more ripples. And may we all experience heaven together in 2022. God bless.